Hello and welcome to the flood. Uh, I'm Bailey Krim. And this is Creighton Bowie. Um, we've had somewhat of a big week, I guess, uh, with Rebel Sports. We had basketball game at South Carolina, a basketball game at home versus Georgia yesterday. Um, had Arkansas State at home in baseball uh, on Wednesday and played. Just finished up the series at Tulane in New Orleans um, earlier today. Um, so yeah, first we had South Carolina. Um, that was an ugly game. It's an okay game to lose, I think, really, um, considering how good they've been in conference play. You know, they're, you know, it's not a terrible loss. Um, it's, as of now, it's our first non-quarter one, um, non-quadrant run one loss. Um, but they might end up in the quadrant run by the end of the um, season. Um, uh, we are down a lot. Um, most of the game, and then came back, tied it up with six minutes left, and then just fell flat. They, they uh, took hold for the rest of the game. Uh, K.J. Buffin rolled his ankle, so losing him those last six minutes, you'd think had something to do would have something to do with it, considering how good of a game he had. Um, yeah, um, it was just a it was a disappointing game. Uh, TD played really bad down the stretch. He's, he's starting to sort of regress back to last year's TD, it seems to me, where he will just mm-hmm. throw up. Instead of driving or making a pass, he'll throw up these step-back threes that just cling off the backboard, which, I mean, we're already a bad rebounding team, and that's just a hard shot to get a rebound, offensive rebound mm-hmm. anyway, and it doesn't it doesn't help at all. And I don't know why he does it, because it's, it's just, I don't know, it just is showing – that he doesn't have the best basketball IQ at times like that sometimes. Yeah, he started off hot and then didn't do so well. Finished with 18. Brian finished with uh, 19. Um. Yeah. Um, it's just that's a game that we can lose, but the, the way – yeah, like you said, the way we lost it was just really – Bad and then could have been a really good yeah. road win to have on the resume. And but then compounded with the way we played mm-hmm. with Georgia here, just does not look good going yeah. into Tennessee. So the Georgia game almost won uh, by one point. Um, Georgia had a shot at the buzzer, didn't fall. We escaped. Didn't play that great. We played well in spurts and played bad in spurts. And by the end of the game, we ended up having one more point than they did. Not much else to say. Um, didn't look good, but came out with a win. Um, Brian had 17, Schuler had 16, and TD finished with 13. KJ finished with eight points. He had a pretty good game. Um, finished with four rebounds. Dom had a pretty good game. Uh, let's see. Dom had six points and finished with five rebounds. I think he had a lot of that in the first half, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I didn't I didn't have much of a chance to uh, watch that game because I was in New Orleans watching the baseball team. But mm-hmm. uh, it just seems like I mean Georgia, we should have beat them by more. I thought when we were in Athens, so we definitely should have beat them more by more than one. Here we, we beat them by what fifteen? Yeah. We, yeah. And and I mean, it was just I don't know. It was just. Does it, like I said it before, it just doesn't look good going into Tennessee and then Kentucky next week. Yeah. Um, because we're probably going to lose the Tennessee game, and then that our players are going to be down going to add Arkansas, and we can't have it. That's a game we can win, but if our players are down, then we won't win because it's on the road in the SEC, and that's not easy. So, I don't know. It's just not, it's not looking good to me. Um, we still got a win, which is good, I guess. We didn't fall behind. South Carolina also lost, so we didn't fall behind in the standings going for the number four spot. But, I mean, losing to a team like Georgia, they only have one conference win. That's just – that's just mm-hmm. – I mean, we didn't lose. Only beating it, – it seemed like a loss because we only won by one. But, I mean, yeah, we should have just – we should have won by a lot more. We should have played better. It was somewhat – promising to see the way Brian kind of took over the last when he realized wait we got to turn it on here late in the second half and the way he kind of took over the game was pleasing to watch I guess I don't know other than the the missed free missed front um front end of a one and one um 
as our last possession. That was, other than that, I was pleased with his performance. Um, but yeah, looking ahead, we've got four games left. Two of them are Tennessee and Kentucky at home. Those don't look very winnable. Um, we could go at Arkansas and then finish at Missouri. Um, both those games very winnable. Um, hopefully we can get both of those. I think if we get both of those, we're safe. Yeah, I um, think we'll still – If we get just one, we, we're not done. I mean, we're, we're okay. But if we get both of those, I think we're good. I think if we get both of those, we should be safe. We should probably still win one more in the SEC tournament. But I, I think we're in good shape to still make the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know – yeah, I think we're in good shape. Too. When if once we make the tournament, we'll get to talking about that. But yeah, uh, moving on from basketball, uh, we so we had win. Uh, the first game was Arkansas State at home on Wednesday, our midweek game. Won, won that fifteen to three. Not much to say there. It yeah, I mean, it was a good win. Uh, Gunnar Hoagland looked a little shaky coming out of the beginning, but um, we got in a groove and our. Hitters started hitting well, and that's what we knew before the season started was going to be our uh, strong point. But moving on to the you know the bigger series, uh, we played Tulane, who is a really good team. Um, they hit really well. We played down there, and then on Friday we won six to four um, on only six hits. While they had they had twelve hits, that's what we're saying. Tulane was saying they had thirteen hits. Um, I don't know why that's changed. But uh, it was a pretty good game. Dillard um, had a great game. Uh, well, actually, that game, I mean, he did good. He went one for four with one RBI. But um, it was a good game all around. Uh, Elko Elko had a, I mean, not Elko, Zabowski, I'm pretty sure, had a home run that game. And, yeah, our two-out hitting this whole series was really good. But then uh, Saturday, the game I was at that we lost. Uh, Thanks a lot. Yeah, that's my fault. Uh, Tulane had 17 hits that game. Uh, after the game today, Mike Bianco mentioned that they outhit us in every game of the series, which is not bode well to me for our pitching. But anyway, uh, yeah, they beat us 13 to 12 on a two-run walk-off by a pinch hitter. Um, off of Parker Caracy, our All-American closer, which is never good. But um, on the positive side of things, Dillard had an eight RBI game with two home runs and a double, which is about as good as you can ask for in a game. He did all he could. I mean, you can't put the loss on him, definitely. He did all he could to win that game. He had a three-run three run homer in the top of the ninth to – send it to the bottom of the ninth. So, I mean, he had a great game. He's been playing as well as anyone um, in the country, really, throughout the beginning of the season. He's had 15 RBIs, um, maybe 16, but I'm pretty sure 15 RBIs on the season through six games. So that's pretty incredible. Um, And then moving on to today, uh, it was a good win. We, We came from behind and won. They got an early 3-0 lead in the bottom of the second, and then we scored the next six runs in the game and won 6-3. The winner was off of uh, Josh Hall, got to second on a dropped ball by their really good shortstop. I don't know how he dropped that ball, but um, and then he was able to score from second, and that put us up 4-3. And then Servideo on a triple that he tried to turn into an inside, you know, Tried to turn and run home on an error. Well, I uh, think it was a single. It was a yeah. It was probably a single, probably a double. And then they just didn't. It was a fielder's choice. And then a, a few, a, two errors really got him to third base. And then he, he tried to go home. He was thrown out of home, but in the process scored the two runners on base. So that let us uh, get up to six to three. Yeah. Uh, I'd say Tyler Keenan was probably the MVP today. Went three for five. Yeah. Um, let's see, two two RBIs. Mm-hmm. He had a really good game. Um, basically, from the series taking away, our lineup was vastly different pretty much each game. 
Um, which is just shown, and we pinch it a good a good amount of people. We pinch it Kevin Graham in two games, and he he uh, he's a freshman from Florida, I believe, and he hit the ball really well. It just you know didn't hit it out, um, but he made good contact. And it basically taken away from this series is we've got a lot of really good hitters, and our starting pitching, other than Will Etheridge, does not look very good. Um, the bullpen looks okay in spurts, but I thought Zach Phillips looked better though. I thought Zach Phillips definitely looked better. I thought that was a promising performance in terms of improvement. improvement yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we had people come out of the pen like Tyler Myers pitched really well of the pen. Nikhazy pitched really well of the pen. Nikhazy looks like we might can depend on him. Yeah, he could be really good to take a load off of Caracy, who were st- even though he allowed a walk off home run. He's still, I, I mean, Bianco's still going to rely on him as our main closer, I would think. Um, and then Caleb Hill pitched really well. Um, Chofi pitched really well again in relief. He pitched well. Connor Green had a good series. So, I mean, overall, our relief pitching doesn't look bad, but it's not the most consistent thing ever. Like, Tyler Myers went, he got – Went three up, three down in one inning, and then the next inning he loaded the bases with no outs. And then a crazy double play, triple play sequence happened. So it's just we need – I think our pitching needs to work on consistency and our starting pitching. Starting pitching definitely needs to work on efficiency. We're throwing – to me it seems like we're throwing too many pitches too early. Yeah. Anything else? Not that I can think of. Um, coming up in baseball, we're playing uh, UT Martin this Tuesday at four. Um, we should, I mean, that's we should win that game. I have no idea who's going to start at pitching that game, but I'm assuming it'll be a sort of a game where we pitch every, a lot of different people. We'll probably have five to six people pitch that game, and then after that, we play Long Beach State, who we played last year. It was our first loss last year. Um, we played at Long Beach State. This year we haven't been home. And this year, yeah, we haven't been home at Swayze. Uh, hopefully the weather will be nice. It'll be a good series at Swayze. Um, we haven't had any good weather yet. Uh, but, yeah, they're another really good team. We've played three in our series, our weekend series, we've played three really good, um, definitely tournament caliber teams. So uh, it's a good experience for our young pitching and I think it'll be good in the long run, but we might not see as many wins as we had last season non-conference. So that's just that's just how it works. But yeah, yeah. Um. All right, now now we're gonna go into our top five. Wait, hold on. I will say. Uh, so what happened with the golf tournament this um, past week? So they finished up. They had the round, the second round of the tournament uh, Monday, and then the third round got canceled. That was supposed to be Tuesday. And sitting at the top of the leaderboard when they, when they canceled the rest of it was Cecil Wegner. So Cecil Wegner walks home with the individual championship from uh, last week's tournament. So that's pretty cool. Um, Good early birthday present. Yeah. For Cecil Wegner. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, let's go Cecil. Yeah, go Cecil. So now are you ready for the top five? Now I'm ready for our top five. All right. Um, the top five this week is top five Ole Miss-related movies. <laughs> so do you want to start or should Yeah, I'll start. Okay, you can start us off. <laughs> All right, so my number five um, is Interstellar. Um, so at 36 minutes and 17 seconds into the movie, you can see a guy walk by in the background with an Ole Miss hat on. Um and Interstellar was a great movie, so that's my number five. Yeah. Uh, my number five is How to Train Your Dragon, <laughs> the DreamWorks animation picture. And you might say, what, what does this have to do with Ole Miss? But really, uh, as we all know, the land shark is actually a descendant of the dragon. So they actually show a, a prehistoric land shark in a scene in How to Train Your Dragon, and I just think that's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. it's awesome. Uh, so my number four is Monsters, Inc. Uh, what 
what many people might not know, and what's sort of breaking news here on the flood is that Mr. Waternoose is a prolific Ole Miss bagman. Um, so yeah, that was kind of awesome. They made a movie with him as a prominent character. Yeah, that was cool. It was a good movie. So I number really four. Enjoyed that. Um, my number four is Goodwill Hunting, and really, there's this <laughs> sort of a loose Ole Miss connection, but actually, um, Will it makes it seem like Will Hunting never went to college, but he actually got kicked out of Ole Miss. Oh wow! Before he moved back to Boston, and uh, worked as a janitor at MIT, so or Harvard. I think no, it was MIT. Yeah, it was so MIT. That's uh. You know, it's sort of a throwaway line, but if you watch it again, it's in there. Huh. I'll have to watch it again. Um, my number three is uh, Shawshank Redemption. Um, uh, Morgan Freeman's in that movie, and he goes to Ole Miss basketball games, <laughs> and it's a good movie. So. Um, my number three is Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. And this one is a more loose uh, Ole Miss thing, but Ole Miss is actually called The Rebels – because Luke Skywalker's distant ancestor is Johnny Vault. Oh, wow. I mean, and distant uh, descendant is Johnny Vault. Uh, no one knows how the Skywalker family came to Earth, but it did happen in the galaxy far, far away, a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away. But Johnny Vault is a descendant of Luke Skywalker. That is a fact. Wow. What am I on number two? All right. Uh, my number two is Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Um a fun fact that many people might not know is that um, Orlando Bloom's wife's cousin graduated from Ole Miss. She was a DG. Wow. Um, yeah. Orlando that, Bloom plays Legolas, if, in case you didn't know. That is a great fact. Um, my number two is Casino Royale. And the crazy thing about this is the um, waitress slash bartender who served James Bond, his poisoned... No, no, not his poison drink. But after he gets poisoned, he or- orders a martini and says he doesn't care if it's shaken or stirred. And the bartender serving him that drink went to Ole Miss. Wow. The actress, not the bartender herself. Yeah. Baby, but wow. the actress went to Ole Miss. That's cool. Uh, my number one is The Truman Show. Um, many people probably know that um, it was filmed in Seaside, Florida, which is just the prime vacation spot for many Ole Miss families. So the Truman Show is my number one. Wow, um, my number one is the always classic Jack Black film School of Rock, and the what a lot of people don't know is Zach Mooneyham, guitarist for the School of Rock band, actually went on to be the band director for the Pride of the South. Wow. So yeah, Z- give a hand for Zach Mooneyham. Love Zach. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess we'll take calls. Yeah, we're going to start taking calls now. Um, um, at number 662-915-6692. Call in. Got any questions for us? Ole Miss sports related? Throw, in, throw some more movies at us and how they're related to Ole Miss. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. There's plenty out there. There's plenty out there. There's more. We just named a few. That was um, oh. oh, wow. Uh, we have a caller. Hey. Ole Miss basketball. Um, see, we've got a, two pretty big games coming up on the schedule, Tennessee and Kentucky. Those at home, uh, do you think we'd be able to stir up any any uh, strength to be able to knock off one of those teams or if any of our big men could perhaps pull out a performance Thank you, uh, Drew. To, to pull off a big win. Uh, thanks, Drew. Good question. Um, so I'm thinking no. Uh, the thing about Kentucky and Tennessee is they both, they're both they both just matchup night fair, nightmares for us. Tennessee has Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams. They're their two best players, and they're just going to – that's just about the worst matchup you can dream of for our front court. Um their strength is our weakness. Kentucky is just Kentucky. We don't match up with them well either. Um, uh, I feel like there's a better chance we beat Kentucky, but also, I don't know. Uh, it, we, you never know. Hopefully we can give them our best shot, but just looking at matchup-wise, it doesn't look good for us. Can we beat them? Yes. Do I think we'll beat them? No. Mm-hmm. But we definitely can. I mean – I'm not going to 
take that off the table. I think we can. I'll be there hoping we win. Uh, but I don't think we will. I'll, yeah, I don't think we will. Um, in other news, uh, Ole Miss softball had a rough weekend in their little tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. They beat Sam Houston State, I think twice, and then they lost to Tulsa and beat Tulsa. I think they split with Tulsa, and then they lost to Texas twice. Um, it's been a rough start for Ole Miss softball so far. They also haven't played at home yet. But, um, yeah, uh, they lost a lot of people from last year, but I think they're going to – I think they'll be able to turn it on. And we have another caller. Thank you for calling. Uh, is this Jackson Holloman? Hey. hey. And uh, nightmare, 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 nightmare. <laughs> wasn't wasn't sure what that was about. Yeah, that that was crazy. That was wild. Don't um, know about that one. All right, don't know about that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I just thought of another great uh, Ole Miss related movie. Oh yeah. Uh, it's Shrek Two. Hold on, this, that number is 662-915-6692 if you'd like to call in. Yeah, it's Shrek 2, uh-huh. and it's because um, Far, Far Away was actually modeled after Jackson, Mississippi. Wow. As being, because, you know, they wanted to look at a modern utopia uh-huh. to model Far, Far Away after. Yeah, and Jackson yeah. is just and Jackson, Mississippi was close to Ole Miss. What that was. And Jackson, Mississippi, as we all know, is home to uh, future... Dual sport star Jaron Neely. Well, not really, but he and goes to a school. But more importantly, in its name. more importantly, Charlie Miller, though. And we have another caller. Thank you for calling. I was wanting to see if y'all wanted to talk about if uh, you think that the the level of attendance for the pavilion will be down due to all the kneeling and this and that. Obviously, a lot of people have their. Uh, opinions about it uh, but I'm curious about y'all take thank you for the question um, so considering that the next the only two home games left are Ken- Tennessee and Kentucky those are huge games and I think the attendance will be very high anyway if it wasn't Tennessee and Kentucky I honestly think at least from the student standpoint if anything it would have boosted attendance I think that really um, I think that gesture really struck a chord with the with the students um, yeah. With that whole deal, um, so yeah, I think it would help the attendance if anything. Yeah, I don't think it would. I don't think it'll hurt attendance um, at all, and I don't think it'll hurt attendance with anyone. And it definitely won't hurt attendance because we're playing Tennessee and Kentucky. Yeah, our two biggest home games of the entire yeah. season are our last two home games. Yeah, if anything, so. I think it would help with student attendance. Yeah, Other attendance, I'm, I'm which not sure. we don't really. Need I, think, I don't think it anyway. would affect. We have great student attendance. Yeah, um, that's not our problem. But uh, anyway, we have another caller. Hey, thank you. Have you ever seen Pulp Fiction? I have seen Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the question was: Have I ever seen Pulp Fiction? answer yes. is yes for both I, of us. I have seen Pulp Fiction. Thanks for your question. Um, thank you for that question. Yes or no questions are always great here on the flood. Um, <laughs> 662-915-6692. Oh, we have another caller. Thank you for calling. This is uh, Andrew Gardner uh, Fellow Reporter for Rebel, Rebel Radio uh, host. Good to see you guys are out working. Um, I just want to throw it back to Jack Black for a minute. Um, the, the starlet of our generation. I just want to know what you guys think is his, uh, his best performance. Thank you for your question. Um, I didn't. I didn't quite catch the catch. Question. Uh, the question was talking, referring back to Jack Black, you, which you know whose connection to Ole Miss is that he was in the movie with Zach Mooneyham, who became band director for The Pride of the South. Yes. And his question was, what do you think is Jack Black's best performance? I really don't know. I, I mean, I think it's School of Rock. It's I, my I, favorite movie. School of Rock, what comes to my mind, is my time. favorite performance of his. Um, 
But, yeah, I, I love School of Rock. I've always loved it. It's my favorite movie of all time. I think it's a, it has a great soundtrack. It has a great plot and great acting by the one and only Jack Black. And we have another caller. Thank you for calling the I just want to say Jack, uh, Jack Black was definitely better in Nacho Libre. I mean, come on. Mm. No. All right. Not in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Uh, that number is 662-915-6692. Um, you can find it in our Twitter bio, at the flood 38 Okay, we have another caller. Thank you for calling. Our, stop, our starting five basketball players to an MW3 weapon, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't know. I believe Bailey is... Uh, I'm, about, I'm about to do a little bit of research on what exactly my options here. Uh, uh, wait, I, can, we, can you repeat the question? He, did, was, he, did he say what, compare the start? an MW3 weapon. Now, I don't know if he meant to compare the entire starting five to one MW3 weapon. I think he meant each player. Yeah, each player. Okay, I'm going to go with our latest starting five. I'll, I'll get back to you all on that. Um, my my issue with that is I was always, uh, if it was Halo 3 weapons, I would definitely be able to answer this question. MW3, though, was never my game. Um, yeah. Halo is just far superior in every yeah. way. So, Yeah. I don't, I don't. I have no answer, but I believe Bailey, our resident flood MW3 expert, is no. A, I definitely. I'm, MW3 was not my favorite Call of Duty, but you know. Meanwhile, while we're figuring it out, we have another caller. Thank you for calling. This is a question for you. What? Why do you? Mary turned the volume down. Why do you think Halo Five is the best Halo ever made? Alright, well, the... Qu- prank call. That was a prank call, obviously, because Halo 5 is not the best Halo ever That's made. That's guys silly. Uh, Halo 2 is my personal favorite uh, Halo, but it can definitely be argued that Halo 3 is the best Halo ever made. Or uh, Halo Combat Evolved, honestly. They're all just so great. Uh, you can, you can ha- make an argument for any one of them, but Halo 5 is not the greatest Halo ever made. We have another caller. Thank you for calling. All right. Um. Well, whoever you are, nameless. Uh, I don't know. You should ask her. Maybe she'll call in. Yeah. And tell you what she's doing tonight. Yeah, maybe. Well, we have another caller. We're they're coming in hot today. Thank you for calling. first call back from the flood i recently boycotted it but i've got a quick question i'm at chili's right now and i was wondering what i should order thank you for your question uh i've only been to chili's once i don't even remember what i got but i thought it was all right i think i just got like a burger or something i, don't um, know. I liked it all right as a, as a chili um lover okay uh i would say you have to get they have some deal where you get either three or four appetizers i'm pretty sure it's four and you got to get um, half a quesadilla, some sliders, some wings, and then there's like this vegetable medley thing that they make that's really good. But that is what you get. Uh, we have another caller. Thank you for calling. Um, AKA Anti Matt with Donuts. And <laughs> so just the other day, Bailey showed me a few text messages of some stats of Duke with and without Zion. And clearly he is their best player, background of the team. If he's gone, like, the team's done. Definitely not Trey Jones, who's basically a joke. The Dominique Olenicek of the team, he's just just trash. But I was wondering, now that Zion is gone, the likelihood of uh, Ole Miss beating Duke increases dramatically, right? Absolutely. I, just don't see us lo- I didn't see us losing to them to begin with, but definitely not now because <laughs> we're playing our best basketball this season. They're playing, you know, they're, they haven't been playing good recently. Just enlighten me on what y'all think. Matt said that uh, they're really good 
but I think he's just really stupid. And if you <laughs> can say Matt Ledon stupid on air, that'd be really nice. Thank you very much. Uh, talk to y'all later. Thank you. Yeah, sounds like Matt Ladon is pretty stupid. Um, Ole Miss would. Oh, it would have been a. It would have been a good game with Zion. Yeah. Would've Duke would Duke would have kept it close, but Ole Miss would have won with Zion. But without Zion, Duke doesn't even have a chance. <laughs> it'll be a, a blo- chance. it'll be a bloodbath. Really this is a discussion. Um, because we all know Ole Miss is going to lose in the national championship game to Gonzaga. I want to Ruby Hatchmore tip in. And by the way, Ruby Hatchmore has been playing very well lately. And I don't want to hear that he's overrated. And Killian Tilly is going to be back in time for the tournament. So, Gonzaga is going to win. But barely. They're going to barely beat on us. And we have another caller. Thank you for calling. Talking about Halo 2, um... You know, there's the opinion out there that the battle rifle was uh, OP'd in that game, so I was just wondering uh, what your thoughts were on that. Thank you. Um, I wouldn't say the battle rifle is OP, which is short for overpowered in Halo 2, but I will say I would say it is a great um, weapon. But the biggest weapon story of Halo 2 is obviously how they ditched the assault rifle in Halo 1 and brought in the SMG, but only let you use SMGs. Which some people like, some people didn't like. I personally like it because the classic um, SMG needler combo when fighting the flood is it's second only to a shotgun, really. And also, um, the battle rifle is not very effective against the flood, um, especially on heroic and legendary. So it's really good in multiplayer, I would say, but campaign wise, it's not the best weapon. So that's my take on the battle rifle in Halo 2. You have yeah. an opinion? Uh, well, no. So I'm just going to go back. I think I've got my weapons figured out. So earlier, uh, Mark Peaster called in and asked us. Um, no, I think it was MW3 Assassin 68. Oh, you're right. Um, so he asked, com- he asked, what would each member of the Ole Miss basketball starting five? All right, we got a call. We have a caller. Thank you for calling. Like, this is supposed to be almost sports talk, where y'all are just groundbreaking journalists getting to the news, talking to Bjork and all his crazy thoughts, and interviewing players and getting the raw, gritty details behind the scenes. And as of right now, I'm just not hearing that, especially from Creighton, and I'm really upset, and I just would love to go back to the sports and Ole Miss, and just the reasons why y'all love it, if there are reasons why y'all love Ole Miss. I haven't really figured out any, but if there are, just let me know. Thanks. Um, well, the question was, which how do the Ole Miss uh, basketball players relate to Modern Warfare 3 <laughs> weapons? So it is definitely an Ole Miss uh, question. Um, the question about Halo 2 is clearly related to Ole Miss because the vice president of marketing for Bungie went to Ole Miss. So. Yeah, we have another caller. But we have another caller. I'm trying to answer your question, Mark. I don't know if we'll Mark. ever get to this Modern Warfare 3 question. <laughs> Thank you for calling the What? What? Alright. Okay, um, I, think, I think the question was creamy or chunky? Like peanut butter? Creamy. Creamy, yeah. Um, Gosh, we have another caller. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to get this answer off for Mark. Okay, so each Ole Miss member of the Ole Miss starting five, Dominique Olenicek would be um, he'd be a RPG-7 because um, he's an RPG, very slow, um, not very many, just kind of powerful, um, yeah, for hit or miss. Um, Blake Henson would be a uh, Barrett 50 cal. It's a very powerful, good sniper, um, but it, it has such a long reload time. It's like whenever Blake Henson has a good game, it takes him a while to have another good game. And then uh, I'm going to say Terrence Davis is an AK-47. Very powerful, can be very good at times, but sometimes you just kind of get in a route, uh, a rut with it, and you can't really, um, you know, sometimes you just, 
have some hard times with the AK-47, and it's he has very many uh, tendencies hanging hanging over from his times as with Andy Kennedy as his head coach. Um, so that's why he's the AK-47. I'm going to say Brian Tyree is the scar um, because that was my favorite gun, and I think so. I think it's the best gun, and I think he's our best player. And then I'll say Devonte Schuler was the MP7, um, a very small but quick and powerful uh, gun. I probably would have put Devonte Schuler as the MK14. Now that I'm looking at him. All right, we have a caller. I agree. Uh, we have a caller. Thank you for calling the. Sounds like someone got nervous. Um, probably Matt Ladon. Probably Matt Ladon. Because <laughs> he probably wanted to um, <laughs> say how good Duke is and how we they beat Ole Miss, but then he forgot that that's just dumb. Uh, yeah, so that number is 662-915-6692 if you'd like to call in. Give us some more of your favorite Ole Miss-related movies and why they're related to Ole Miss. Yeah, just to completely change the subject and not really related to anything we've been asked, but sort of. I will compare all of the Ole Miss. Oh, wait, no, we have a caller. Thank you for calling the Airplane Flyer 74. Okay. Hello. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have to just ask you what does Ole Miss mean to. You. All right, thank you. Uh, what does Ole Miss mean to me? Uh, Ole Miss means a place where it's just beautiful. Everyone's very nice. Um, everyone's hospitable. It's the most beautiful camp place. It's the most beautiful campus in America, um, and it's just awesome. I don't know. Uh, yeah, to me, Ole Miss is. Yeah, the most beautiful. It's the most beautiful campus, the most beautiful people. Um, nicest people. Nicest people. It feels like home all the time to anyone who comes here. Uh, I think it represents uh, moving forward for the and progress for the region it is uh, around. And, yeah, we have another caller. Um, is it true that Bill Krim is there with y'all? <laughs> yes, I can confirm that Bill Krim is here in the studio with that's, us. I mean, I have a question for him if, if that's okay. true. Okay, ask your question. Where he sees almost baseball ending up at the end of the season. Okay, thank okay. you. Thank you. All right, uh, Preston asks, where do you see Ole Miss baseball ending up at the end of the season? Well, according to Bailey Krim, he says we're going to Omaha. I've got him on video saying that to his roommate, uh, Joe Kaplan. So um, I don't see us making it to Omaha, at least not right now. Um, my pitching, it's got to come around. Um, I'm not hitting the panic button yet, but uh, – seeing this team right now today get to the postseason, but I'm just not seeing them going to Omaha. Uh, P-Mac, uh, ask me again in about a month. Alright, in case you couldn't hear that, I'm not really sure how the audio was doing there. Uh, Bill says, um, basically he says he doesn't think we're going to Omaha right now. Didn't exactly specify where we would be, but um, he says, he says, ask him again in a month, Preston. Um, yeah. So, yeah, number 662-915-6692 if you'd like to call in. I'm also uh, proud to announce that our f last show on last Sunday is now available on multiple podcast streaming networks, pretty much all of them other than Apple Podcasts. I'm not sure why it's not uploaded on Apple Podcasts yet. And obviously by the end of the show it might be, um, but that's on it's on Spotify Podcast and then any other podcast service out there that I don't know of because I only know of Spotify and Apple Podcasts. <laughs> but um, I think it'll be on Apple Podcasts soon, and this one should be available within the midweek, and we will tweet about it when it is available. So make sure to follow us on Twitter at TheFlood38. Yeah. That number is 662-915-6692 if you'd like to call. 
uh, throw out some more Ole Miss related movies that you like. Or any Ole Miss related movies. I haven't heard any. Uh, or just any question for us. Yeah. Any Ole Miss sports questions? Any Ole Miss questions? Any questions in general? Mm-hmm. Um, so, something that happened a few weeks ago, we, f- we haven't really talked about. Uh, Charlie, I mean, uh, Eli Manning had a son. Um, Charlie. Finally. Charlie Manning. As you probably could have guessed, he was named after the great Charlie Miller, um, yeah. the best Ole Miss athlete of all time. Uh, so, yeah, that yeah. was cool. We have another caller, but we'll definitely get back to Charlie Manning. Thank you for calling the for not by the producing company. Thank you. What's I'm the blind side? No, uh, well, also, I don't think that's true. But also, that is just not even in the top 25 movies related to this. Okay, I don't know what the blind side is, but that's fine. Oh, you don't? No. I'll have it's to watch book. it. It's a book by Michael Lewis. Okay. Six six two nine one five six six nine two. But yeah, going back to Charlie Manning, I believe it. Uh, it was original. The original name was Charlie Elisha Manning, but then uh, Eli's wife said no. I want it to be Charlie Miller Manning. <laughs> so Charlie Miller Manning is uh, the next in the. Uh, dynasty that is the Manning family. Unless Arch, if that's if Arch doesn't come. Well, Cooper, I Cooper mean, he's like Arch is already in the Manning dynasty. Oh, I okay. I just yeah. have a lot as a as an Ole Miss rebel. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's not smart of me because I'm pretty sure did people did the same thing with Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but I think Arch is a lock to be an Ole Miss rebel. Arch, if you're listening. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy. We have a caller. Thank you for. I was just curious on uh, the recent um, riots and demonstrations that we've seen across our campus, if that would affect um, any of our sports programs and players individually, uh, like maybe get in their head and stuff and kind of not play as well if they don't feel safe. Uh, Just wondered what you all thought about that. Thank you for your question. Um, I mean, physically, no, no threat there, I don't think. Um, but uh, mentally, I guess, it might have had somewhat of an effect during the Georgia game. During the Georgia game, yeah, you know, it was yeah. happening during the game, and they, you know, did their demonstration. Um, um, but I don't think it'll have an effect on their performance going into the future. Yeah, I also really like what Bree and Tyree had to say about how I'm paraphrasing this, but about how the reason they wanted to do their demonstration is because they were frustrated that these people who are not, you know, connected to Ole Miss. They're not even Mississippians. They're not even Mississippians came here to make Ole Miss look bad when Brian said, you know, he loves this place. Yeah. And he doesn't like it when they come here to make Ole Miss look bad and look like something that it's not. Yeah. And so I don't think it's going to affect them anymore. I think they made their demonstration, and I'd like their demonstration. And, yeah, I think I like what they're doing. I liked what Kermit and – uh, Ross Bjork said. Mm-hmm. I'm I back all of it fully. Yeah, uh, we have another caller. Thank you for calling the floor. Love Always Wins 19. And I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to my boyfriend, Cecil Wagner. Um, <laughs> you know, he's on the golf team. So just wanted to shout him out. As you know, he won last week's tournament. So just wanted to wish him a happy birthday. I know he's listening. So. <laughs> Love you, Cecil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. I hope um, Cecil heard that. I hope Cecil heard that. Happy birthday, Cecil. Um, sounds like your boyfriend <laughs> really loves you. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, we we also <laughs> really love Cecil. Um, he is second only to Charlie Miller, really, yeah. in my book. Um, tied with Chad Kelly. That's yeah. favorite Ole Miss athletes of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ole, Miss, but Ole Miss starts match play with USF tomorrow. Um, both Charlie and Cecil will be participating. So we'll, keep, we'll update you with that uh, probably on our Twitter a little bit and then fully at the, at, on our next show. Yeah, uh, and we have another caller. 
Thank you for calling into the Hey, this is Press McMillan, and um, I have a question. It's like a three-part question, two-part question, something like that. All right. Well, the first part is, which, what, who are y'all taking to y'all's date party, or date party this week? Um, <laughs> it's supposed to be a good time, Mardi Gras theme, the life of New Orleans is coming, so I just want to know which lucky ladies y'all are asking. And I question, the second part is, I mean, I'm dating the best girl in the world, but if I wasn't dating Libby, who should I take? Uh, <laughs> so, thank you very much. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Betty, you want to start this one off? Yeah, uh, I'll be taking Georgia on Tuesday. I will be taking um, Hope on Tuesday. Yeah. And Preston, uh, for you, hmm, man, that's a tough I'm going to say Camille Lamb. <laughs> Shay Patterson's ex-girlfriend. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good choice. I also think, um, oh no, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Camille Lamb. Sorry, yeah. Livy. Sorry, Livy. Obviously, uh, your first choice. Yeah. But you know, if, Camille if, Lamb if is if a distant second. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not as distant, but yes, distant second. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right, that was a good question. Um, but Bailey, going back to your thing about golf and Cecil Wagner and Charlie Miller. Explain to our listeners who might not know what match play means. I think we'll go to our uh, golf correspondent, Bill Krim, for this. Bill, would you like to explain match play? Yeah, match play, you're playing for winning the hole. It's not like stroke play. Stroke play is where you're counting your scores cumulatively for all the holes. Okay. Okay. Match play, you play a hole, and either one player, it's either going to, either player is going to win it, or it'll be like a push, you tie. You know, both players birdie the hole, they both par the hole, they both bogey the hole, push, nobody wins. So, but if there's a hole where a player, one birdies it, and the other pars it, well, the player that birdies it goes one up. And so, you, you, you play 18 holes like that, and at some point, you're going to get to where maybe one player will be three holes up with only two holes to play. And then that player would win the match, you know, once they got to the 16th hole and he's up three holes. Well, the, the other guy, there's no way you can win. So you don't even play the last two holes. Um, so, but anyway, that's how match play is, is, uh, is uh, scored, as opposed to stroke play, which is what you might see in the PGA. You know, players play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you count your scores from each day, cumulative, for the whole tournament. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was a good, about as good of an explanation as I could have asked for. Uh, yeah, it's just some, you know, the average, I feel like the uh, the average golf fan mainly watches the PGA, so that's a good clarification for us to have on the differences between collegiate play and um, professional play. Match play is kind of how they do the Ryder Cup. Mm -hmm. And it can be more nerve-wracking because you were paired and playing specifically a player on the other team. Yep. So it's you versus him. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we're def yeah, we'll definitely keep you updated on that college Ole Miss golf coming up. Uh, in other news, Ole Miss men's tennis had a, uh, a pretty good weekend, I would say. They beat Alabama, who was ranked, and then lost to Arizona and then beat another team. Uh, Princeton is who they also beat. Um, that it's a good weekend. It's a disappointing loss to Arizona. They were unranked, and but a good, really good win against Alabama for the men's tennis team. Yeah, that's number six six two nine one five six six nine two. If you'd like to call, you can find that number also in our Twitter bio at the flood thirty eight. Um, Give yeah. us a follow. It's a must follow. Yeah, probably the best Twitter account on Twitter other than Bunky Perkins. Uh, we have another caller. Thank you. Will Farmer. Um, actually, JK, this is Preston. But uh, my, if I had to have like my ideal Oxford Sunday, it'd be a day like today, weather-wise, and then I would uh, have brunch slash lunch at Proud Larry's, walk over, have a cup of coffee, sit on the porch of Square Books, really soak up. The square, and then 
at night, of course, I'd listen to The Flood. Um, what would y'all's ideal Sunday in Oxford be? Like, where would y'all eat? What would y'all do? Is Roanoke in the question? Do you go to Lamar Park to walk around near the Arbors? Because that's also a good option. Um, that's all that come Creighton would do. Uh, just, what's y'all's ideal Sunday? Uh, thank you for Um, I think my ideal day in Oxford, Mississippi, can be pretty much outlined as a com- as an exact copy of what happened on October fourth, twenty fourteen. Uh, so pretty much start off the day going to college game day in the Grove. Um, have the best game day episode, best first, the best episode of college game best day. episode of college game day ever recorded, um, and then head on over. Well, I mean, you know, have a good time in the Grove after that, and then head on over to Vault Hemingway Stadium at 2.30 where we beat the number one Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, and then after the game. We, I was there. We won. And then after to the any, game. To any haters, vacators. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And then pretty much the rest of the day will, you know, fall in place. Yeah. Um, I believe the question was, what, what's your ideal Sunday in Oxford? Well, yeah, um, but if that could just happen on a Sunday, that's my ideal okay, Sunday. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, my ideal Sunday under um, modern uh, usual college football rules where you play football on Saturday would be, um, you know, wake up in the morning, have an early breakfast at the Beacon, uh, then probably head over to my um, – whatever establishment of your choosing for Sunday um, for church and then head on over. Hopefully uh, we have like a noon um, first pitch at Swayze Field. I go see the Rebels pull off a sweep against Florida and then I eat at uh, Pizza Den and then hmm. go home. Great day. Just sounds like a picture perfect day. Love Pizza Den. That number is 662-915-6692 if you'd like to call in. Um, um, yeah, also in other Ole Miss sports news, the women's basketball team lost today to Arkansas, um, which, you know, they're struggling this season, but it's uh, the first year for Coach Yo, and I really um, – she's got a lot of good recruits coming in, it seems like. She's really doing well to uh, – make the program more ideal, I guess. Uh, you know, it was more of an afterthought. And it still sort of is an afterthought, honestly. But I think she's really working towards to make it a marquee uh, woman, women's basketball program, like a lot of the rest of the SEC is, um, really catch us up to that SEC standard, which is good. I mean, that's great. Um, I love to see that. Um but this year has been a struggle. It's been tough uh, first year, but I think it's going to improve. So, yeah, mm-hmm. good job, uh, Coach Yo. We're uh, rooting for you out there. Not to be confused with Coach O, who we are not rooting for <laughs> Yeah. at all. Um, okay, so I've been asked um, to be a little bit more specific on my answer for the last question about my ideal Sunday in Oxford. Um, so I'll go back and modify it a little bit, be a little bit more specific. Um, so, yeah, the college game day and uh, Alabama game would happen typically on a Saturday, but if it's my ideal Sunday, that's just what's going to happen. I don't know how. I don't know what what's going to make it happen on that Sunday, but that's what's going to happen. It is ideal, so um, anything can happen. I'll clarify that before college game day, I'd like to wake up and go to BBB. Um, love BBB, and then um, I'd say after the game. Uh, I'll go to the square. I'll follow the goalposts to the square. Um, and then I'll probably catch an Uber to Pizza Den uh, for dinner. And then I'll probably go home and watch a replay of the game. And then if there's any more time left in the day, I'll probably watch another replay of the game. Uh, and that'll be my ideal Sunday. Okay. Huh. Okay. Alright. I would I, I that sounds great, but I definitely would have gone to the beacon instead of BBB. Um everything else sounds fun. Yeah, I would have gone to the beacon the Satur- the morning before on Saturday though. Yeah, but yeah. in an ideal situation. 
the Beacon's open on Sunday. Yeah. If, if, if we're playing Alabama in football on Sunday, why can't the Beacon be open? That's fair. I didn't, that wasn't my argument. Okay. Okay. That was the audience over here. Okay. But I would have gone to the Beacon on the Saturday before, before that. Yeah. yeah. But that wasn't part of the question. Just clarifying. Um, that number is 662-915-6692. We might get one last caller. Maybe one or two more. Yeah, probably one last caller. Or actually, let's just end it here. All right, yeah. Um, uh, we'll see you all next all Sunday. Right, yeah, this, this has been, been The, the Flood. flood. Um, yeah, great to have you. Tune in next time. Uh, follow us on Twitter at TheFlood38. And Thank you for listening. Thank Go you Rebels. For listening. Second guest and you don't know so right now we carry the gas for the girl them Bad Bunny, Jake, SP yeah. Todos están pendientes a ti Pero tú puesta pa' mí Haciendo que me odien más Porque todos te quieren probar Lo que no saben es que no Que tú eres mía, mía, tú sabes que eres